Welcome to the Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations with drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. This is episode number six. Jamie Eads joining you as always. I want to thank everybody for continuing to reach out via email at thedrumshufflepodcast at gmail.com. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com, and you can find more information about me over at jamieeads.com. We truly appreciate everybody reaching out. Uh, Very pleased to let you guys in on... I think great news. Uh, We've had listeners as far away as Australia, India. I I think we're up over 40 countries now. Literally almost every state uh, in the United States has tuned into an episode. So I'm going to ask a favor of you. However you're taking in the show today, go ahead and hit the subscribe button because we have some guests lined up, some drummers, other musicians lined up for future episodes that I promise you, you are not going to want to miss out on. While you're at it, if you don't mind, go ahead and leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you're using. But if you like the show, the biggest thing you can do to help us out is tell a friend, share a link. It is so easy to do, and it really, really means a lot to us. Lost Cabos Drumsticks may be the best kept secret from drummers today. Lost Cabos Drumsticks makes the finest tools to touch a drummer's hands in the business. The best news, almost every popular stick size is available in both white hickory and red hickory. If you don't know what red hickory is, it's made from the heartwood of the hickory tree, unlike regular white hickory, which is made from sapwood. Red hickory drumsticks will hold up to even the hardest hitting drummers. Their durability comes from the density of the wood, but they do not sacrifice the feel. Please visit LosCabosDrumsticks.com to learn more about their products. And don't forget to ask at your favorite retailer for Lost Cabos Drumsticks. Today, we're really excited. Got a great guest for you. We're going to talk all about search engine optimization and social media for musicians. Um, This is a critical, critical item in our tool bag to keep our exposure high as musicians and to get gigs. You know, that's really important to all of us. So uh, very pleased to have joining us today, truly one of my oldest friends. I met Brian Scott in our hometown, uh, I'm going to say way back in 1988. Eight. Uh, we were both just silly kids, uh, and we we just go so far back. Brian was actually in my wedding, um, so that's how close we are. But I'm very pleased to have Brian Scott joining us. Brian is the owner and CEO of Rockstar Marketing, located down in beautiful Fort Walton, Florida. Uh, so without further ado, let's welcome Brian Scott to the Drum Shuffle. Hey, Brian, good afternoon. How are you today? Hey, what's going on? Hey, doing a podcast with you, brother. How's uh, <laughs> how's the weather in Florida today? Uh, 75 and sunny, as usual. 
Right. That that could apply to any day of the year, right? Yes, it could pretty much. (laughs) Awesome. Well, hey, let me uh, thank you for your time and joining us here on the Drum Shuffle. Really do appreciate it. Um, You know, in my intro, I told everybody how far back we go. It's a real honor to have you. So welcome to the program. Oh, I'm absolutely, absolutely honored to be here. Well, I appreciate that. So, Brian, um, I, you know, I always, with all my guests, we, we try to start chronologically. Um, you know, obviously, I know the answer to this, but tell our listeners, how did you end up being the CEO and owner of Rockstar Marketing? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a neat little story. I was, uh, I was in the Air Force for 20 years and uh, retired. And, uh, you know, about, about 10, 15 years before I was going to retire, you know, just getting in the Air Force for four or five years, I decided, man, this is, I love the Air Force, but when I retire, what do I want to do? I do not want to come back and be stuck on a base being a, a you know, a network security guy, network engineer. That's what I, you know, that's kind of what I did in the, the military, anything with computers and technology. And so I said, you know what? Um, I just built my first website. And this was about 1996. I'm like, you know, these websites are pretty cool. I think, I think it could take off. And so, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think think there might be something to this internet thing. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, you know, uh, started building a couple websites, and then, then, uh, you know, we we started working with uh, the Kentucky Headhunters, our first big band that we worked with, and uh, you know, we were looking. I was looking around, and some of these other sites were were you know you could type in different keywords and stuff and they would come up before us and oh my gosh you should have seen our very first website now i would love to have a copy of that there was stuff flashing and midi files blaring and you click on oh it was horrible but i thought it was so cool so (laughs) so but but you couldn't find it so then we about 1999 2000 somewhere in there we started getting into the the search engine optimization you know this other guy he had a pretty blank website but when you typed in uh you know yahoo and uh, what was the other one that we used i forget it was another search engine um he would come up and we wouldn't i'm like oh my gosh so we figured it out started doing the the search engine optimization and got heavy into that and then in about 2004 started doing social media with you know dig technorati propeller all these uh myspace all the primitive primitive sites and um you know, started getting further in my career in the military. And, and, um, I was traveling a whole bunch. I was the communications guy for a, for a three-star general, uh, air force special operations command. And so I was traveling so much and just could not have an office. So I said, okay, if I'm going to get clients, I'm going to have to do this on the internet. And we started, I started reaching out to different NFL players and NBA players and rock bands and so forth. And I'm like, man, this is, this is cool stuff. So then, you know, I retired in uh, very, very end of 2011, early 2012. And we got our office and it's been going wild and crazy ever since then. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you've got a a stable of clients that's really impressive. I mean, you're not only working with bands, but you're working with with entertainers. Uh, You know, I know you have a really big comedian in the stable and and things like that. So kind of walk us through the the process. and, And, you know, if you're if you're at liberty to discuss, tell us some of the clients that you're working with today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can, uh, we can go over most of them. We can go over most of them. Uh, some, some of the NFL players, and you know, we signed some NDAs with these guys and gals and so forth. But 
Um, let's see here. Uh, we have been working on the site and we don't know if it's going to go up or not. It just depends on management. Uh, Saving Able guys been doing uh, Blackstone Cherry stuff forever and ever and ever. Like I said, the headhunters and um, worked with, you know, Brad Gillis from Night Ranger doing all his stuff for a really long time. Uh, Jason Hook from Five Finger doing, you know, doing all his stuff and some Lex and Terry guy, guys, they're on uh, probably 20, 30 radio stations syndicated. Really, really, really awesome guys. Uh, Ron White, Tater Salad, um, doing tons of stuff for him and his tequila company. His, his brother-in-law, Alex Ramundo, which is the Latin king of comedy, we, we do his every bit of his stuff. Been working with those guys for, you know, for a long time. And so, you know, we got a pre- pretty full stable. They, they keep us kind of busy. They sure do. Absolutely. And, you know, what I think is cool about your all's approach to things and, and, you know, over the years, of course, you know, I've picked your brain on on different aspects of, of my career. But I think what's really cool about the focus uh, that you guys take at Rockstar Marketing is you are really not only are you building websites and all that, but you're controlling social media, the search engine optimization, all of that stuff. And that's really important for musicians, you know, like myself or, or somebody that's not, you know, in a huge band where the, the label does everything for you. And sometimes you want to take that control back from the label as well. So why don't you walk us through, you know, let's say Jamie Eads calls you up and says, OK, I'm a drummer. You know, I'm playing in an unsigned band today. How can I increase my profile? What what do I need to do to make my social media the first thing people see when they're looking for a drummer? Video, video, video. You, I cannot, absolutely cannot, uh, cannot say that enough. We work with, uh, you know, we work with smaller bands all the way to, you know, su- super big bands, and we push video so hard. There is, uh, you know, there's there's so much going on. There's so many so many moving pieces. You know, bands want to be on Spotify. They 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 need you know uh, spins on Spotify and YouTube and and so forth. Um, getting back to what you're saying a minute ago, the 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 web design and so forth is that's probably and and I try to keep it like this. That's the smallest piece that we do for for all the guys and gals gals out there. Uh, internet marketing—that's your ROI. You know, there's no sense building a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar website if nobody's going to see it. And that's the approach that we that we have taken and will always take. Your money is in the marketing. So, what we do is that's the kind that's the kind of stuff that we focus on with the clientele that we work on. And, and believe me when I say this, I'm absolutely not trying to be arrogant or cocky, but we have to be tip of the spear. We have to know every single thing that's coming out, that's going on, what this band's doing, what that band's doing, and so forth. Uh, we're working on some, we work on some really, really cool stuff. Um, we've got some stuff going on now. We, we were looking at different bands that we work with and we're like, how can we help these guys to make guys and gals to make more money? And so what we've done, what we've done is we're like, you know, most of these bands, they get in, they sign these 360 deals. And with the 360 deal, 
it encompasses, you know, 30% of everything you do to include merch and touring and stuff, things that, things that labels didn't used to touch. So we got to thinking, okay, we need to help our band sell more merch. How can we do this? And so we're getting into some, some pretty cool stuff. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else is even out there doing this for their bands, but we're getting into, uh, you know, uh, beacon marketing, which means, uh, what we do is we program some beacons and we're still working on all the coding and, and so forth. But, you know, when people come into a venue, what we're trying, what we're trying to get configured and, you know, we're very, very close to this is when they walk by the merch booth or, you know, wherever they, wherever they walk, but wherever we set these beacons, they're going to get a notification on their cell phone, be it through, uh, be it through Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, uh, their browser, wherever they're going to get a notification on their cell phone saying, Hey, you just got, you just got, um, uh, a coupon to get 20% off uh, a shirt, a hat, you know, this piece of merch, wh- you know, whatever the band decides they want to try to entice people with. So it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, we're going to be hitting people with lots and lots and lots of different, uh, different things. And we're going to go out with some of our bigger bands and, uh, and test these guys. I would absolutely prefer not to go out with our bigger bands, but they told us we were going with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there is just so many things that so many different uh, moving parts and pieces and so forth. So to, to get back to your question, though, what I would recommend is you have to have a rock solid foundation and build from right there. Everything you have to be branded across the board, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, IG, which is Instagram, uh, you know, Snapchat, brand yourself across the board. You know, start with uh, start with the the same name across the board for, for branding purposes, get in there, make, take nice, good pictures. You know, you got to have, it has to appeal to the people. You can't get in here and shoot, um, bad, bad videos and so forth and, and, uh, throw them up there. Everything has to look professional. And I'm not saying you have to spend a lot because everybody has an iPhone or an Android device that has a phenomenal camera on it. And, uh, you know, there's editing software where you can throw different filters and stuff like that over and make it look very, very professional. So you got to start with a rock solid foundation and, uh, you know, find find the biggest ROI, Um, Facebook and, you know, Instagram and YouTube. Those are the three I would focus on. Facebook is the biggest boy on the block. And I've said this a million times in different interviews and so forth. Facebook's the biggest boy on the block. They have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of PhDs on staff. They have billions and billions of dollars and they have the, a massive, massive infrastructure. They're going to be here for a while. So you can still pull lots and lots of traffic and leads and, and you know, new, new, new fans from Facebook. Uh, younger generation focus on IG, which is Instagram. Uh, Twitter, I think, I think there's only probably, I think there's like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's only like six people left on Twitter and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> no, sure. uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and, uh, go, go to where the traffic sources are. You can pull traffic from Reddit. You can pull traffic from Tumblr blogs, you know, lots and lots of different places and point them back to, uh, point them back to the place where you're going to make your money, be it, uh, if you built a store on Facebook, if you've, uh, or your website, you know, fo- you know, focus it all back to one place where you're, uh, where you're going to make money, where you're selling your items and they can, they can buy your, t- buy your music and so forth. 
Absolutely. Well, and, and you bring up a really good point, and I want to follow up on this. So kind of a two-part question here. You know, you said video, 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 okay? Uh-huh. So let's say I've got this, you know, great video uh, of my band, you know, uh, at a big venue. The crowd is primed, you know, it's just we've got this great video shoot. What do I do with it at that point? And, and I know why you're saying video because – a lot of the social media outlets place a higher priority on video algorithms. And I don't, know, I don't know how any of that stuff works, <laughs> but yeah. I, do, I do know that that Facebook, um, you know, obviously they're the big guy. They place a higher priority on videos to put it in somebody's news feed. So that's that's one side of it that I'd like to hear your take on. Um, the second part of that question is, you know, for this program, especially, you know, I'm constantly on Facebook saying, hey, I have an episode coming up with Brian Scott, the CEO of Rockstar Marketing. And almost instantly, Facebook will say, do you want to boost this post? You know, yep. can you spend 50 bucks to expand your reach? Give us your thoughts on whether or not that works and and what is the appropriate budget and and is it worth do you get ROI return on investment on spending that money with Facebook yeah gotcha um you know the last part of that question is your your ROI on Facebook it depends on what it depends on what your ROI what ROI are you going after um, right now with the, with the, with a, a newer podcast and so forth, your, I think your ROI is to, to build your audience versus trying to, uh, trying to make money. So absolutely. Would, would I, would I boost the video? No, I would run real ads to it. They're, they're, they're a lot more powerful. I mean, you can target better with, with real ads than versus, you know, just boosting a post. So Facebook and I'll, uh, digress a little bit. Facebook, if you remember a couple of years ago, used to just see, used to get everything and see everything uh, and so forth. But on on their fan sites, what's happened is, you know, they are a, they are a marketing platform. That's what they do. So um, they, they're there to make money. So what they've done is your reach used to be, I think, about 24 percent. Then they moved it down to 20 percent, 16 percent, 12 percent. Your reach is you know, 12%, then eight. And your reach now is between one and 3% of the people that are on your page. So if you've got a thousand people on your fan page, between 10 and 30 people are seeing each post. And so what they're doing is they want you to spend money. And then when you spend money, they, they open the funnel right back up. That's what they're doing. They've given you everything for free for a long time to get you enticed, to get you uh, addicted to them. And then now they are wanting you to spend money with them. So well, yeah. sure, and and they have to they have to give a return to their investors, especially after they went public a few years ago. Absolutely, you, know, you have millions and millions of people now that own shares of Facebook stock that want some sort of return on that investment, and it yep. and it does funnel down to the end user. So you bring up a really good point there. Um, so in other words, I want to make sure that that our listeners understand what you're telling us because we're we're learning a lot here. So if my band has 10,000 people that have gone out and liked my band's Facebook page, Mm -hmm. when I make a post and say, hey, everybody, I'm playing a show in Topeka next Wednesday night, you're saying of those 10,000, 
10,000 people are not going to see that post unless I pay Facebook to get it in front of everybody that's like my page. You'll have between you'll have between uh, one and three percent of the people on that page see it. So of the the 10,000 people that are following my band's page, only 1,000 to 3,000 are going to see my post about my upcoming show. No, about, about, about 100 to 300. Oh, wow. Okay. One, so One so, to 3%. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. Oh, man. Okay. So, um, so, so literally, Facebook is forcing us then to either boost the post or do an ad, some way of spending money. So, yep really collecting those likes that we're all so addicted to. We love seeing people like our page. Um, You're not really going to get the return that you expect. So just having a ton of people liking your page, then when you go out and do a post, those people really aren't going to see it. It's just going to get lost in the noise. Exactly. Unless unless you have tons and tons and tons of interaction, unless you make your fan site fun and, you know, you're posting all kinds of cool, cool pictures and funny memes and so forth. We've got one of the we've got one of the uh, fan pages that we run. We run about one hundred and eighty five different fan pages. We've got one that um, it's got 200 and we built it from zero. It's got 255, 257,000 people on there. And, uh, you know, we, we reach, we will reach about 5 million people, you know, weekly all the time with that thing. And that's because of the interaction. That's because we live on that thing and, and, and we absolutely kill it. And, uh, you know, it's some, it's some radio guys with a, with a big, strong voice, you know, a million people following and they push them to it all the time. So, in that instance, we're able to, but for the for the rest of them, I mean, w- w- you know, our interaction is more than most, but it's not like it used to be. So, okay, so I'm trying to get this into real world terms, you know. So, it, it, you know, obviously, if I'm in a band and we've got four members, and maybe, you know, our girlfriends or wives or brothers or whatever, they're helping us, you know, administer our presence on social media. So, you might have a team of let's say 10 people for a band that uh-huh. are interacting daily with the fans, whatever the case may be, it's really, it's a drop of water in the ocean. So yep. how do we as, you know, unsigned bands or, or baby bands, as we like to call it in the business, how do we overcome that? What is another channel that we should be looking at if we're not already? Live streaming. Uh, and this was this was the first part of your question a minute ago about the video. Video, uh, it, it, most of your social media platforms are going to put a, a huge preference on video. Now, with uh, with the uh, um, live streaming coming out, they are putting even more of an emphasis on live streaming because they love the interaction. They love getting people on there. You're a content creator for them when you're creating videos and and so forth. You're 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 doing all the content creation and uh, you're not getting anything for it. So they love that. Um, if like with the with the the live streaming, they put a they put a huge preference on that. And uh, you know YouTube, I'm sorry, Facebook. Uh, the difference in YouTube and Facebook, people go to people stay on Facebook and they'll watch two, three, four minute video. And that's kind of about the extent of it, because there's so much going on in your newsfeed. People mentally don't want to miss anything. So, you know, they're not going to stay on videos for very long. Now, people will go to YouTube 
and they will watch a long, long live stream. There's people out there right now doing live streams for, you know, two, three, four hours. And, uh, you know, trying YouTube just put out some new requirements to stay monetized. You have to have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time. So people are out there doing live streams for eight and 10 hours and so forth. And you have all the gamers on there and you have the, you have the 420 community on there. And so <laughs> this, this live streaming has absolutely taken off it is it is it is incredible anytime you go over to youtube you somebody's going live and and so forth and an, another difference in this is with youtube you can monetize you know for uh, about two more days if you don't if you don't have those requirements you won't be able to monetize then but for right now you you can monetize and you know if you have if you have a uh, if you have a thousand subscribers um, you know, you've got this, this little button on there. It's called super chat where people can click a button and donate to you while you're sitting there going live. So it's, it's a neat, neat, neat little function. Now with, with our bands, our, you know, with our bands and people we work with, we tell them do not rely. You need to be pulling six, seven, eight different revenue streams from your, your YouTube and your Facebook channels. And, you know, number one with, with, uh, AdSense, which is, you know, that's how you get paid through YouTube, sponsorships, paid product placement, paid shout outs, paid links, merch, affiliates. So so there's a lot of different ways that you need to be that bands and and into different entities need to be, uh, you know, pulling revenue from their social media sites. Most of them, most of them are not doing anything like that. Most of them are relying on maybe just selling some merch. Maybe if they're on YouTube, they're just getting a few dollars from from uh, AdSense. But you need to really, really, really focus your efforts on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube, what's what's going on with YouTube? Um, a lot of the advertisers are, you know, they're they're kind of moving away from TV, radio, newspaper because it's just so expensive, and you're just not hitting the people anymore. So they started moving over different social media platforms. And, you know, they really started looking at YouTube and, and the demographics for YouTube channels and so forth. They were hitting bigger channels, you know, sponsoring bigger channels. Now they're going for smaller, what are called micro channels, because they can hit the same demographic a lot cheaper. So you so smaller, smaller YouTube, smaller YouTubers are starting to get sponsorships and, you know, bands can get it. You know, you can you can uh, the, the different sponsors. They, they're not looking at the just like a record label. They're not looking at the band. They're looking at who they can sell to that's tied to the band. Sure. And, and I mean, that's just smart business. However, I think it puts the the smaller band at a huge disadvantage because, you know, I can speak from experience, you know, some of the bands that I've played in over the years, it was just, gosh, I would just like to get, you know, 500 people through the door at the club this Saturday night. Uh huh. And yeah. no matter what we do, we're kind of at a disadvantage to even accomplish that goal. It's not really about monetization it's about getting people to come to your show, and then that's where the merch goes out the door. You know, buy yeah. the buy the new CD or download card, buy the T-shirt, buy the hat. You know, whatever the case may be. So for for bands that don't have a rock star marketing in their life, you know, you said build your foundation. So what is the next step once we've, uh, you know, all these guys and gals have gotten 
you know, on all of the different social media channels, what's the next step then to kind of overcome some of those hurdles for smaller bands? Well, it, you, you, depending on what the goals are, and, and if 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 you're trying to if you're trying to, if a smaller band is trying to get gigs and 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 you know build that foundation, what they're going to have to do, unfortunately, is probably all get together, pitch in some money, and run some run some Facebook ads, and uh, you know if if they, say they're trying to book a gig in let's say Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, they're looking at long term. What they'll probably end up having to do is, you know, everybody get together, run some ads, uh, you know, everybody put some money in, run some Facebook ads to fill that venue and, you know, to get people in that venue so they can. It's just like a regular business. It takes money to make money. You got to put some money into it. I'm not saying a lot, but, you know, run some ads. Build that awareness, build that awareness, put some, you know, come up with a, a, a nice flyer and put it on your put it on your Facebook um, site. Uh, have people, you know, send the ads back to your Facebook site or to your website, wherever you want. And, uh, you know. Spend some money. I hate sure. to say it. I hate to say it, but, you know, that's what they want. And when you do it, they're going to open it up. They're going to show it to a lot of people. So, Absolutely. Well, and I, you know, I think at this point in our conversation, you know, a lot of our listeners are probably saying, wow, gosh, okay, I got to spend money. I would much rather save that money to buy a new guitar or a new, you know, symbol or, or whatever the case yep. may be, you know, so, and I think a lot of bands say, gosh, if I can't overcome the hurdles that social media lays out, you know, without spending the money, Let's say somebody said, well, okay, I want to call up Brian and engage Rockstar Marketing. You know, what kind of engagements do you do with, with baby bands? Well, we, we do a lot. And, and what we do, what we do is we, we run some really cool campaigns. What we try to, what we do is we outthink people. We don't try to outspend them. And we do this with our local clients too. You know, some real estate agents down here in Florida, they spend so much money every month for search engine optimization, you know, for, for, to sell these big beach houses and so forth. So, and you know, you get new people coming in that are trying to compete with them. I'm like, we need to outthink them. We need to use really authoritative sites versus trying to outspend them because it's, you know, that's not a, that's not a game you want to get into with somebody that's been doing it for a long, long time. So, We'll run different campaigns, and this is this is one that we've run, which is really really cool. Um, what we'll do is we will take and we will find the band, you know, decide what all the band's looking to do and so forth. I used to be a writer for Huffington Post. I'm a writer for BuzzFeed and uh, WN.com. Some 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 national this uh, national level, uh, you know entities. So what we'll do is we'll take and we'll write up a nice little article about them. I'll put it in, uh, you know, one, I'll put it in, uh, one of the big, uh, magazine or not magazines, but one of the two, either Buzzfeed or, uh, one of the other ones. And then what we'll do is we'll take and run some Facebook ads to that and show people, Hey, so-and-so just been, you know, so-and-so was just in, uh, you know, let's say Buzzfeed. And they're like, well, how how are they in there? I've never even heard of these guys. So immediately they're like, "Wow, these guys must be good because they're in Buzzfeed and so forth and blah blah blah." So we're and then we'll we'll throw some press releases at them and and kind of build that name. And then when you go to the band's website, 
you're allowed. We put their we put the the BuzzFeed logo on their site. We put NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox. We're allowed to use their logos from the press releases and stuff. So instantly, it's national notoriety that catches the attention of different uh, promoters and so forth. So sure. and then if we want to, if if we're trying to get somebody on uh, some big some big venue or uh, some big rock concert, you know, then they can contact the promoter and say, Hey, look at us. We've done this and we've done this. We've been in Buzzfeed and you know, the promoter's like, wow, you know, how'd that happen? So there's lots of cool little ways like that, you know, and that's just trying to outthink people versus spending tons and tons and tons of money to, uh, to beat them. Absolutely. And sometimes it's the uh, nothing to see here, but look over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Right. You know, don't don't look at this. Look at this. Yep. Um, so it's it's a little bit of um, distraction, I guess, or distractive advertising, which is a pretty brilliant strategy, uh, quite honestly. Now, you know, I get asked the question a lot, you know, uh, I've played in some bands that had the very good fortune of kind of working up through the ranks and playing with some, um, you know, playing on some really large festivals, opening up for some really big name folks, which was cool. It was great, but it doesn't really work that way anymore, Um, you know, and kind of tell our listeners, and I know you've kind of gone through this with some of your artists before as well. Tell us what a buy-on is. A buy-on is when you uh, go to a big band, and let's say uh, a Saving Able or a Blackstone Cherry, you want to almost what we just talked about a minute ago. You want to build your authority. So you, what you do is you go and you pay these bands, and you get to open up for them. Now, you, it doesn't seem like that's a doesn't seem like that's a win-win for the band, but long-term it can be because, you know, you can use their name. Hey, we shared the stage with so-and-so we played with so-and-so. And over time, if you're, if you're, if you're buying onto like six shows, it's like going on a mini tour with these bands, you're traveling with them and so forth. And, and you're, you're making your money by selling, you know, you're making your money by selling merch. That's how you're kind of getting by. But, you know, long-term you can say, Oh, we played, you know, we played six shows with, uh, with uh, blah blah blah, or, you know, saving able or 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 hinder or whoever. So that's that's why I buy on. You know, they're they're they, you have to pay the band to play with them, and you know you got to sell some merch. But you know, long term, it long term, if you use it right, it can work out very well for you. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very impressive to say, yeah, we we just went on a ten date run with Motley Crue or or, or whomever, yep. right? So. Um, and I think you're seeing that more and more and it helps the headlining band to further monetize their show because let's face it, you know, a lot of bands can't sell out an arena anymore. I mean, it's, it's harder and harder to make money. Um, when you're out on the road, you're, you're literally trying to sell merch and that's, I think where most bands make the, the bulk of their revenue when they're out on the road. It's not just from ticket sales anymore. So that's another strategy that, that a smaller band might be able to use to gain some notoriety. Absolutely. Absolutely. So continuing down the path of, you know, rock star marketing, working with, with smaller bands, et cetera. Now I know you work with some, some NFL athletes, um, and some NBA athletes. Um, you know, if I am a solo musician, okay, 
Um, you know, I am the the baddest guitarist in the land or the, the baddest bass player in the land. And I'm trying to land a gig with, with a band that's looking to replace a member, let's say. Uh-huh. Um, we know that, that I'm going to have to have some great video of me shredding on the guitar, you know, exactly. to, to get in front of them, etc. But let's talk a little bit about not just band branding, but personal branding. So if, you know, if I'm Dan Smith and sorry, Dan Smith, if you're <laughs> listening, but I'm, I'm using your name in this example, if I'm Dan Smith and I'm a, you know, a, a monster hot guitar player and I want to get into a band, um, you know, that's looking for a new member to take out on the road. What do I, as Dan Smith, have to do to get in front of the right people? Well, you know, a, a couple different things. Like you said, you've got to have some phenomenal video to where they can see your talents. You have to have that. And what I would what I would do is I would really, really, really work on um, work on your social media numbers. If you've got a video and it's out on YouTube, say you have two or three videos. Unfortunately, I would probably say spend some money and get those views up. And the reason why, what that's going to do is say you have a video and it's uh, it's sitting at 241 views and you're trying to get with uh, so-and-so big band out here because you know their guitarist is leaving. I would absolutely spend some money, get those views up to like 20, 30, 40,000 because what's going to happen is when you send in your resume to the, to the guys and you probably don't want to go through management, you want to go directly to the pe- to the bands themselves. That is a, that's a, that's a, a, a very, very well-kept secret. When you try to go through management, you're hitting a gatekeeper. You will never hit the bands. You go through the band members themselves. You be, befriend them and, and so forth. So, uh, um, and let's let's keep that quiet. And um, if all the listeners not tell anybody else that. <laughs> the, the, secret is, the secret is safe with us, Brian. Yeah, secret. <laughs> I, I know. Secret safe with all y'all. No. So. Yes, you have to have big numbers. It's it's okay. How come I have never heard of this person? They have 45,000 views on this video and they have 80,000 views on this video. They must be good. How come I've never heard of them? Yeah, it's it's the old what am I missing out what, on with this what guy? Am, exactly. So, and then what you do is you you contact them through through Facebook, through LinkedIn, through IG, however you want to hashtag them, you know, so, so you get their attention, send them to that video, show them your talents and then, you know, follow up with a message. Hey guys, I know that, you know, things aren't working out with so-and-so. If there's, if you ever need me, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Do not, do not, do not go as them as a, as a fan you know, oh, you guys are the greatest, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, I've been playing your songs forever, blah, 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 and, and so forth. Go as them. This is business. This is business. Most of the people in, in, in most of the people these days in bands, uh, you know, are, are very, very business savvy. They've had to be business savvy because they've been hammered for so long. It's not all the, the drugs and, and alcohol and, and, you know, everything that you, 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 you used to hear about. That still goes on, but most of them are very, very business savvy. They're very, very social media savvy. So hit them as this is a business opportunity for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you, you have to, 
Uh, and I think that ties in with the personal branding. You have to be very professional at all times. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You, you know, all of the building that you do out there in cyberspace can be undone with one wrong move. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, and that kind of that kind of goes back to, uh, you know, when we work with smaller bands, we look for a few different things. If 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 these requirements are not met, we will not work with the band. We'll tell we will tell them, hey, guys, uh, this is not a good fit. We do not want to see you come in here and spend money with us and things not work out if they're not touring a bunch. And I mean, a bunch of dates that um, if they're not touring, that means they're not motivated. If they're not touring, if uh, if, you know, they got to have transportation, they got to be excellent musicians and get along. And one of the biggest things, there cannot be any hard drugs in the band or, you know, or, or a major alcoholic, because that will rip the band apart immediately. And there's no sense even going further in, into it. So you call your business rock star marketing, but you shun the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, in moderation, in moderation, in moderation. Yeah. Just, just no hard drugs. You can't have a, un unfortunately, no disrespect to these guys and gals. You can't have a heroin addict in a band and expect to go out touring and expect it to work. I mean, you see, you see the, the record plays over, the same record all the time and it just doesn't work. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you can function as anything if you're, you know, if you have addiction problems and and, you know, that's certainly a, a topic for uh, for a future episode, I'm sure, you know, but it, uh -huh. it, it really is. You know, you have to and all of my guests that I've had on this show up to this point, you know, and, and we'll get to the to the to the question with you in just a minute, but Everybody has said you have to treat yourself like a brand, you know, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, all it takes. And when I say a brand, I mean, think of, uh, I don't know, Tide laundry detergent. Yep. If if somebody and we've seen it before, somebody at Procter and Gamble gets on the Tide Twitter feed and says something overtly political, there's an immediate backlash. Absolutely. So you have to be careful. You know, I mean, I know a ton of phenomenal musicians who are constantly on social media, you know, making very hardcore political statements and their work suffers because of it. Exactly. You, you being a musician, you, you can't being somebody in the limelight. You can't do that because you're going to lose half of your audience. You, you just can't do that. Correct. And, you know, I, I think you have to have separation. And, you know, a good friend of mine over in the UK, Toby Goodman, I'll give Toby a shout out. He runs a, a great website over there called This Business of Music UK. Um, you know, he wrote an article not too long ago that asked the question, do you have a split social media personality? And if you do, it is going to create a problem for you. So a lot of folks, myself included, I have a personal Facebook page. I have a, a professional Facebook page. The professional Facebook page, you will never hear me jump in on any political issue. 
I will not talk about, you know, what restaurant is good versus which restaurant is bad. I just want to avoid any controversy. I avoid that on my personal pages as well because it all ties back to me as the human being. Um, you know, but you have to be really careful about what you're saying out there in cyber world because it never goes away. Exactly. Stay away. Stay away from any hotbed topics. Absolutely. Because yeah. you will you will lose a, a, a huge portion of your audience, be it, you know, wherever your uh, wherever your views are. So it's it's rough. Yeah, it is. Right. And, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are some people that just don't care if, you know, if they alienate folks, they feel that strongly. I'm not saying if you have a, a passionate opinion about something that you shouldn't share it. I'm just saying if you are still on your way up the ladder, understand that it could be a hindrance to the next rung. Absolutely. And, and, and if you are if you are an artist and uh, you have been in the limelight for many years and, you know, you're 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 not where you used to be. You got to watch out. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think in our business, you are either on your way up or on your way down. It's uh -huh. um, there aren't too many people that get to the peak and stay there for very long because everybody below you is gunning for you. Um, and that's just a, a fact of the music industry for sure. So, Brian, um, I, this is the question we ask all of our guests. Um, you know, you've given us a ton of great advice already. But if you had one golden rule, one piece of advice to give to musicians or bands on how they can further themselves in this business, what would that be? Um, let's see here. How about you better you better know social media inside and out. There's been so many changes, so, so, so many changes in uh, the music industry with, uh, you know, the way things used to be. And the biggest, probably some of the biggest advice I can give you is if you can build a social media presence, you can sustain your 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 career for for a very long time. You don't need a record label if you build a phenomenal following. There's been so many YouTubers and so many people on Facebook that have built such big big you know, profiles and have such a big fan base, you know. But if you do decide to go with a record label or so forth, you can walk in there if you have a huge fan base and you've got leverage. You can go in there and you can say, well, you know, honestly, guys. I love you all, but I don't have to have a record deal because these people on my social media are, you know, we're booking dates and they're supporting us like you, you can't imagine. So, you know, make sure, make sure that that artist knows social media. You use every tip and trick that you can because that's your bread and butter. It's no longer, you know, putting out flyers and so forth and hoping somebody can, uh, you know, come and see you and, and so forth. You, you take you take you take 100 flyers and put them out. You have no clue how much how many pe how many people are seeing those flyers and, you know, how much you spent. I would much rather take and build a Facebook Facebook uh, ad and target people and know who the people I'm hitting are. 
you know, so that's the way I would go. Just make sure that you make sure that you use technology and let and let technology work for you. Absolutely. And, you know, when you said all of that, I, the first thing that came to my mind was Taylor Swift. Exactly. It, Absolutely. I mean, it really was about her mastering social media, shaking a hundred thousand hands, you know, and she's done pretty well for herself. I'd say <laughs> I, I heard, I heard, I heard, you know, I, I heard she's doing okay. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's my one and only <laughs> shout out to Taylor Swift on the drum yep. shuffle. Uh, folks, I promise you will never hear me say that name again. Uh, <laughs> no offense. Um, Brian, honestly, it's been an honor having you. We've, we've learned a ton from you on this call Tell us, uh, you know, kind of final thing, if we do have some listeners that want to reach out to you directly and see how Rockstar Marketing can help them with their personal brand or their band uh, to do some of the search engine optimization, um, you know, social media marketing, how can they find you? Go to our website, HTTPS, forward slash, uh, uh, rockstar-marketing.com so just rockstar-marketing.com or you know find us on facebook and so forth um you you'll you'll kind of see when you go to our facebook though it's it's not kept up like it should because like i said we're we're running 185 184 other social media sites so you know not not, not a lot of time to keep your own stuff going absolutely well and <laughs> and you know you brought up a really good point earlier you know and and I'll pick your brain. This is the last question, I promise. I know you got uh -huh. stuff to oh, do. We, we appreciate your time. Um, but you said, you know, things change in social media. There have been so many changes. There is no way possible for me as a musician or a, a podcast host to keep up with all of that stuff if I'm out playing, if I'm producing my show uh, for folks to listen to you really have to have a team of people helping you do that. And I would imagine a lot of your time is spent keeping up with what the newest algorithm is on all the different platforms. Um, you know, how often are these things actually changing? Is it daily? Is it weekly? I mean, I'm showing my ignorance, but give us an idea of how much research you have to do in a given day. There is there are so many changes it would it would blow your mind. There's so many changes that go on in in the back end of uh, you know alg Google changes their algorithm all the time and you know most people don't know this. Uh, you know I think it was two years ago Google put out a brand spanking new search engine. The entire thing is brand spanking new. Of course it had a lot of the same coding and so forth, but these algorithm changes are are a regular thing. You'll you'll get you'll get uh, algorithm changes and they'll hit certain areas like this algorithm change. They want to test it in, let's say, um, uh, England. So they'll push it out over there first to see, you know, kind of how how it's going to uh, what it's going to do and so forth. And then they might push it over to Japan and so forth. So algorithm changes happen all the time and, you know, different tweaks and stuff. Uh, for the most part, you know, Facebook, they they have a lot of. A lot of things that change since we run so many sites, we see a lot of stuff um, very, very, very quick, whereas uh, most people won't see them. We see it. We see it very, very quick. The biggest thing was uh, when you could put the video 
in your, uh, you know, in the, the, the very top banner, you know, when you could put a video up there, well, that, you know, different sites are, a lot of sites are seeing it right now. We, we saw it uh, almost a year ago. So we've been playing with stuff like that because we do so much with Facebook and, and so forth. But these changes happen so, so often. Not fundamental changes, but, you know, just, just tweaks and so forth. So as long as you're doing everything right, just keep doing the, you know, don't try to, don't try to cheat Google. Don't try to cheat YouTube. They're so smart. They will catch what you're doing. Fundamentally, just do everything that, the, you know, the way that you're supposed to and you'll be okay. Yeah, and it's something that you have to stay on top of. And and the cool thing about your company is for somebody like me that's not, you know, plugged in 24-7 to, to what different platforms are doing, um, you know, it's I, I think it's paramount to have a rock star marketing or somebody that is on top of it that can say, okay, here's just a minor tweak that happened Here's how we take advantage of that tweak. Exactly, exactly. There was about probably, I would say three, three and a half years ago, Facebook put out a a a, a change that just changed everything. It was so minute, but it it changed the game. What happened was you used to be able to, in your tab section, you could make somebody land on a certain page. So when they came to your Facebook page, you could make them land in a certain place. So what we were doing is we were building these cool custom Facebook apps that would, that had like a full website. So when you landed on that page, you know, you were landing on a cool looking website and so forth. We were doing this for a lot of local businesses and we were making, you know, very, very good money doing that for each one. Well, they took that away to where you couldn't make somebody land somewhere. You had to land on that timeline and you took something that minute cost us more money than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it is a cutting edge game, no doubt about it. And if you are not on the cutting edge of that game, um, it is not it is not as helpful as it could be. I think that's a fair statement. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, Brian, again, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. It it has been super educational to me. I'm sure it's been educational to all of our listeners as well. Um, I would love to have you come back uh, sometime real soon and we can dig into kind of part two of our conversation. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. I've had an absolute blast. And anytime that anytime you can't find somebody good, give me a call <laughs> and I'm here for you. Absolutely. So you're going to be my backup. I'm your backup to a backup. <laughs> okay. Brian. Whatever, whatever, I'm here for you, whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, man, I, it's been an honor. I really do appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you real soon here on the Drum Shuffle. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. All right. See you. All righty. Bye. What a great guest and a great interview. Uh, I think everything Brian said are tools that we can all use going forward. We live in an age of social media saturation. Certainly, we've all learned a little bit of what to do and what not to do from Brian. I want to thank him again for his time and coming on the drum shuffle. As always, we ask you to continue reaching out to us at the Drum Shuffle Podcast at gmail.com, 
TheDrumShuffle.com is our web address, and you can find me over at JamieEads.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Again, please share a link to a friend, tell a friend about the show, and as always, please hit the subscribe button to whatever platform you're using to listen in. It helps us immensely. So until next time, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers. Cheers.